What's up, geeks? Happy Tuesday to you. I'm your host, Ron Stevens, and you're listening to Extremely Geeked Out Podcast. Let's put a smile on that face. going on geeks how you doing how's your weekend how's your monday and how's your tuesday going great awesome i hope so i know i had a great weekend and uh let me tell you i spent the whole weekend watching iron fist season two and this is what the whole episode is about today guys is the whole entire season two of iron fist and Previous episodes when we did reviews, they've been very, very condensed and not just, just giving a whole gist of what we thought about that whole season or or that whole movie or whatever. Well, I started to do something a little different for this one, and I'm going to give you my review on each episode. So, I'm just giving you my experience on each one and just giving you a rating of each episode and then... This a one whole overall up rating of that season, and just you know, just give me what I thought about it, right? All right. So, uh, without a further ado, let's get into it. Round one. Okay. So before I even get into episode one, I just want to let you know that season one was such a letdown. It was supposed to be super exciting and it, it was just a letdown all right it was just a letdown uh finn jones debut as danny Rand, aka iron fist was disappointing i mean his character was so whiny and just didn't know what to do and he just wasn't iron fist at all but his character evolved i guess you can say in the other series that he appeared in, like The Defenders and Season 2 of Luke Cage. And you saw major improvements in his fighting choreography because Finn Jones just did not really cut out in Season 1 of Iron Fist. It seemed like he was missing his cues. Uh, just It felt like his supporting cast was better than him. In fact, they were better than him. And it shouldn't be like that. But like I said, you saw improvements like in Defenders and definitely in Luke Cage Season 2. And, well, Episode 1 definitely showed major improvements, without a doubt. Um, Episode 1, The Fury of Iron Fist, was really good. It was really good. I, I I liked it. I loved it actually. Um, it starts off um, basically. Danny Rand has taken heart to what um, Daredevil wanted from them during the end of uh, during the end of uh, Defenders, and Luke Cage kind of took it literal but kind of went left with it 
especially after season two. If you if you've watched season two, he's now like I guess like a mob boss. I don't know. <laughs> um, Jessica Jones. Well, she's kind of doing her own thing. She just like whatever. I don't want any part of this. I'm gonna put this behind me and move on with life. And that's pretty much how season two of Jessica Jones. She was just doing her own thing. Um, but. Danny Rand, Iron Fist, took that literal. Like, I'm going to do what Matt, or Daredevil, wanted me to do, was protect New York City. And that's what he's doing. And it takes place during the Golden Tigers robbing an armored truck. It seemed like all was going well for them. They you know, took out the, the driver, and they're driving off with the money, or whatever that was in the truck. But... Danny Rand shows up at the end of the road to stop them. He literally stops them. As a matter of fact, he charges right in front of them, does like this little spin move, and to just punch the front, literally punches the front end of the car away, so <laughs> disabling the, car, the truck. And then this huge fight. And like I was saying, like you see a major improvement in the fight scene. You see that him just kicking... But, man, he is just laying into these guys. So, it, like I said, it's just a major major improvement in his in his fight scenes. Um, but then, later on, after his little night escapade, he comes home to his newfound girlfriend, Colleen. Um, come to find out that she is retired. Basically just laid her sword down and is now just living a normal life. And um, she's uh, working at a, um, a at a center that helps out who are less fortunate. Let's say not exactly homeless, but they're not exactly living in mid middle class. Anyways, um, you later on go into finding out. You know, she's helping out this one lady, well, this little girl, find some clo clothing for when it, for the cold seasons. Um, but she stumbled across, the little girl stumbled across this black box with this silver medallion on it. Colleen is like stunned by this because this metal medallion in it is a symbol of a um, part of her family. It's like a family crest, if you will. Um, but she's trying to figure out how did this box found itself in a donation table at her job. Coincidence? Maybe. Maybe. Well, she comes to find out that uh, that a man named Choi brought it up to the uh, center for donation. So she has this character Choi knows about her family, probably, or at least know who gave that to him, so him to donate it, right? So she goes out to find him, but he's nowhere to be, be found. He's MIA. So. A guy that works near um, Choi's old, uh, near Choi's uh, furniture store that recently closed, told him that his cousin has a restaurant down the street that he may know where he is. His name is Mr. Ip. She finds him being jumped by a couple of gang members for they asking for some uh, protection money. But he, which he didn't have. 
she runs him off. She asks him, hey, do, I'm looking for your cousin, Choi. And he's like, oh, I don't know that. I don't have a cousin name that goes by the name Choi. And you're mistaken and closes the door on her. And you seem, seemingly it seems that's, that's that. Meanwhile, Davos is walking at the port to confront Mr. Yang, the leader of the uh, Golden Tigers. And he is not happy about this newfound deal that um, Yang has sprung up on him. Apparently, Yang is up to empty with the uh, with the smuggling of um, Davos's product, and he wants to know why. And Yang tells him why, and pretty much he's pretty much standing his ground. He's not going to change the price of it, and Davos does not like that. And he confront and he shows him that uh, you're not supposed to cross Davos, aka Still Servant. He's not really calling himself that yet, but we know who, who he is. But um, Davos is such a badass man. <laughs> he's I could tell later on in this season he's gonna cause some serious problems for uh, Danny without a doubt. Um, but yeah, he tells him, "Hey, you up." You up the price one more time, then your business and your wife and everyone else you know will suffer. <laughs> I wouldn't take that lightly at all. So, the story moves on to Danny Rand working at a moving company. He hasn't really gave up the, the Rand company just yet. He's just decided that he's more... more important i guess helping out his community than to just being a millionaire he's a very humble guy so um side story um during one scene uh danny's help working and he comes across a lady that's talking to one of his work buddies and her name, I believe it was Mary. I believe her name was Mary. I can't remember. But um, she's, they're just talking. And it just seems just like an ordinary scene. Just Danny just being nice to someone or whatnot. And, and that's it. But I'm going to get back to that with this lady here. But um, Danny meets up with Ward um, about a meeting that... Seemingly, both of them thought that either one of them were the one that came up with this meeting, but neither one did. So they're at this apartment or this um, office, not knowing who is the one who called for this meeting, and they're waiting at the door. And who's the, there to open the door for them? Joy, Ward's sister, who we know. From the end of the season one, she was pretty distraught about what happened with her father trying to take over Rand and her brother. Everyone basically double-crossing one another in the first season. And we weren't sure what was to come up. Well, we do, but it's starting to play out. Anyways, she welcomes Danny and Ward in 
the talk or whatever. Ward's thinking that this is about her wanting to come back to Rand um, company, and it's not. In fact, she wants out. She wants to be bought out. Ward is livid. He is not happy about this at all. Um, but Danny, on the other hand, is much less reluctant about this. In fact, he is quite understandable and wants and just without even thinking about it, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna sign this these papers so you can be bought out. You want you want out." He gets it. He understands that she wants to put the past behind her and that means leaving Rand and she wants to move on with life. And war the storms out and um Shockingly enough, Danny is just kind to her, understands, you know, just tells her that she's proud of her and wishes her nothing but the best. And and that was the end of that. Danny comes home later on to a rather uh, concerned Colleen. Uh, he came in to talk, he came comes in the department just wanting to talk about his day. But she is really distracted about other things. So she later on tells him that she finds this box with the metal, metal medallion. Which so happens, like I said earlier, it's like a family heirloom, I guess. And she shows Danny her sword, that which has the same metal medallion on the uh, handle of the sword. And she later on, she eventually tells him that it brought back, the medallion, the box itself, brought back memories of her mother. He used to comb her hair with that same particular um, comb and brush. And she believes that her mom, or at least a family member, is trying to reach out to her. For what? She doesn't know. So Dan is like, let's go find these people. Let's talk to that guy that knows Choi, his cousin. Let's talk to his cousin. Um, and they go to the restaurant just as a date night, basically. Moving on back to Joy, as she's celebrating her, you know, her independence, her newfound independence, and Davos comes to apart her apartment to um to talk to her and I guess to I guess quote unquote celebrate along with her. But they discuss and she he's a little concerned about Joy, I guess, because how Danny approached the whole situation about her wanting to leave Rand and that made her seem like she's wavering. And he asks, Are you wavering? And she's like, Nope, I'm not Davos is a little concerned, so he leaves, and I guess to handle things, just to clarify a few things, I guess, about the situation, and then later on, you go back, you find out that Ward is still struggling some demons, because he's now in rehab, or um, like the 12 steps, um, he's trying to, uh, I guess, stay a sober life, and it seems that, like I said, he's struggling hard. And 
he's not in the best situation of recovery because he's also banging his his sponsor. Weird, I know. <laughs> like I'm I'm very interested in seeing how this actually plays out. Um but it goes back to um Colleen and Danny at the restaurant um having dinner and you find out well, you kind of get the gist of that there is some issue going on with gangs around Chinatown. Well, if you don't remember, the hand had a strong influence in New York. And they kept a lot of other gang members at bay. And now that the hand are gone, everyone... All the gang members are trying to fill that void. And that's causing a lot of rifts. And eventually a storm is about to brew. Like a war is about to happen. Between the triads. So now we're wondering. how. So you got a lot of. you starting to see a lot of stuff happening. You have Davos and Joy in their collaboration. Trying to destroy Danny and his and his um and his company and then you have the triads who are at each other's throats and you have Colleen who looks seemingly looked like she was gonna be out of the uh, mix. Looks like she's back in it. So back to um Danny and Colleen at the restaurant. The punks, I don't even really wanna call them like gangs, they're really just punks messing with the uh, yip and they show up at the restaurant and they jump yep yet again for about the protection money um colleen goes in the back of the kitchen along with them to tell them hey what are you do- what you're doing you need to stop you need to get out of here now and just before this happens one of the members of the golden tigers show up at Yip's restaurant, I guess they may have caught wind about some people messing with him. So, Danny tries to stop him, prevent them from intervening with what's going on in the back of the kitchen while she handles handles it. And which I mean by handling it, she is she's giving them the business. She's kicking their tail, without a doubt. <laughs> um, trying to make the uh, Golden Tigers turn the other way and move on it's not working so then Danny ends up fighting them try to defend them off and Colleen manages to render them to <laughs> get these guys to get out of there before this cause any more trouble with the, the Golden Tigers and she comes in just in time before Danny makes things even more worse by using his his iron fist <laughs> and blasting them away and she managed they all uh, Ip shows up and he's like there's no problem everything's okay even though he's all bruised and bloodied up and he's like everything's alright it's, it's okay and of course this is the second time Colleen has saved Mr. Yip and he's like okay this is twice you saved me He's like, I, I owe you. Clearly, I owe you now. So she just asked for information about his cousin, Chow. 
and he basically tells him tells her that he's been missing and he he's hiding from the um golden tigers because he owes them money which clearly everybody on that block owes the golden tigers money so like i said now colleen is seemingly back in the mix of things and she's going to have to pick up her sword yet again as they're on their way out, they bump into Davos, and Davos wants to speak with Danny, and Danny and Davos go on to speak alone. You know, Danny's like, everything's okay, I'm gonna talk to him, I'll see you later. Davos and Danny talk, and Davos tries to give him one last chance, per se, to hand over the Iron Fist to him. Seeming, I guess, making it seem as though he knows how to transfer the power of the Iron Fist to one to another. Hmm. But it doesn't work. Danny just says that's not going to work. I mean, I, he's basically saying I earned this, rightfully so. And they part ways and now... They're no longer, it's, it's official, they're no longer friends. They're now enemies. And now, just got to wait and see what happens from here. Um, I have to give episode one a nine. Okay, so before I finish here, I want to backtrack real quick. Remember that story I told you about Danny and the girl talking to one another? Well, later on, it goes back to her going back to her apartment. I guess she was coming back from the grocery store. And as she's walking in during the hallway, she noticed a little sticky note at the wall that said, do not leave the apartment. This startles her and she drops one of her bags. She looks at it and then she just folds it into a little square and it moves on goes to the kitchen to take her groceries there and then she sees another sticky note that says stop moving things around and this like triggers her to freak freak out and she just panics and turns on the sink in the kitchen doesn't really help her calm down and she's freaking out and then she rushes to the bathroom to turn the sink on there and also turns the shower head in her, in her tub as well and she's just wigging out and then eventually it helps her calm down sort of but she's kind of still had like this mental breakdown and that's that clearly something's going on with this girl what we don't know yet but we shall see okay back to the review this was such a fast pace compared to season one which was very slow i mean granted it's the first season anything that starts with a you know like an origin story i expect shows to have a slow start at least like the first three three to four episodes could be you know just get the story build up and then move on from there but 
season two, of course, picks up fast. It's a fast-paced episode. I mean, of course, there's a few hiccups. Like, Joy, I'm trying to get her issue. Like, I understand she's upset and wants a little payback. But you got to understand, Danny really didn't mean, doesn't mean any real harm. So I don't see why she would have so much angst with him. More so with a brother, of course, maybe. But Danny seems to be out, should be out of the equation. Um, so it kind of, her anger towards him almost seems a little childish, almost, to me. But, um, other than that, I, I mean, I love this episode, episode one, without a doubt. So it's definitely a nine out of ten. So, yeah. Round two. Okay, episode two. The city's not for burning. Um, this story starts off with a member of the Golden Tigers being murdered by the Hatchet Gang. Uh, Danny finds him on the street in broad daylight, bleeding out. This falling soldier has died on his own turf by their arch rival which that's not good like that means that's going to be all out war out in the streets nobody is safe so Danny calls his job let him know what's going on and his boss tells him hey don't worry about it stay off the streets stay home until this all blows over Danny decides that you know that he should try to talk to Yang um, the member of the hatchet gang to make amends to call off for a parlay if you will and that's pretty much Danny's mission on this show which he does meet up with him but it does not work out at all for him um, in fact it it went south fast <laughs> um on the other hand, in the other side of the story, Colleen is trying to find a lead on trying to find Frank Choi. Um, she finds out that someone is trying to cover his location up. Someone at her own job. Um, who could it be? No one knows. But she's on. She's trying to find out. Meanwhile, she bumps into those. Uh, those street punks from the first episode that was causing trouble at um, Yip's re restaurant. Um, and she later finds out that they aren't exactly bad guys per se, but they aren't doing it right. They're not exactly good guys either. They are also they're really struggling and they're just really homeless. They're really, they're just homeless. Um, they are living in an abandoned building with um, small space heaters, barely keeping warm. She reaches out to them, let them know, hey, why don't you come to Bayard Center? We can keep you warm, give you food, you know, some, some shelter for y'all to stay safe. The leader of that group says, you know, we'll think about it, whatever. 
he's a little too proud of let's face it he's being a little too proud of himself or whatever he doesn't want to really humble himself and take an offer from somebody who's trying to look out for them and you have ward who during the first episode when he finds out his sister is trying to do a buyout he wasn't happy at all well he starts to do this a little more researching on this and something isn't right about this I mean, yeah, some things are adding up, but there are other um, key components in, in this buyout that just doesn't add up with him. So he's trying to get to the bottom of this, and he meets up with her at the auction where she's at along with Davos and try to reason with her, but it doesn't really go the way he thought it would. Thinking that she would have told him what she was actually up to but she doesn't she pretty much shows him you know shines him off like mind your own business i'm a grown woman and later on the show you find out that davos and joy are there to get a certain specific item a bull we're not exactly sure what this bull is just yet but it's very important to Davos and his mission and he cannot leave this auction without it. So what did he do? They blackmail um, one of Joy's frenemies who is married to a uh, congressman who's up for re-election. And what's the best way to blackmail someone like that? A scandal because all politicians hate a scandal. Especially when during up a re-election, especially a scandal that has to deal with um, adultery. <laughs> so uh, you had that going on. There's a lot of key components going on with this this, this season, man. With the with the triads at each other's throats, Joy and Davos secretly getting their devious plan together, and Danny Rand just trying to keep everything together. Of course, I like um, Colleen's story so far in this in this season, as to where she's wanting to live a normal life, but life itself is trying to pull her back into being a vigilante again. Um, also, this episode gives you a look into um, Danny and Davos during their training into becoming Iron Fist. They were both put to fight each other so that they can fight Shao uh, Lao, the uh, undying, the dragon. But you throughout the show, you understand what went down during that fight. And um, it's, it's a pretty brutal fight. Um, they, they run each other to the ground. And this fight lasts for days. I don't see how anybody can fight for days. You, you might have five minutes with me. That's it. If I can't beat you in five minutes, that's it. You win. <laughs> that's all I got. You got five minutes with me, man. You can't get me in that. If I can't get you in five, ah, that's it. I yield. You win. <laughs> but um, they also had an Easter egg. During the fight, they were wearing the Iron Fist mask. I thought that was pretty cool. 
will they try to fit that into into the show later on let that be part of his costume we'll see we'll see um also mary is crazy folks if you haven't noticed by the first episode mary is crazy um danny bumps into her again during the beginning of the episode at a cafe shop and they get to talking or whatever and then as they're walking down the street you can tell that mary has a crush on danny and danny can pick up on that too so he corrects it really fast like hey i live with my girlfriend okay this isn't cool and she you know just apologizes and then all of a sudden she gets all dizzy i guess she catches like a dizzy spell danny kind of has to hold her up because she's like she's about to fall out so he takes her back to his apartment which it gets even more awkward when she meets colleen and <laughs> she asks to be excused to the bathroom and she goes to the bathroom and she does this that thing she did in the first episode with turning the sink water on to i guess to help soothe her but it does something with her where to she has a sweet kind demeanor to this cold mean demeanor and she storms out says hey i gotta go boom i'm gone which is weird um and then towards the end of the episode uh she calls colleen but mistakenly trying to call danny but colleen answers the phone and she's like oh i meant to call danny and she's like I shouldn't have called and just hangs up on her. You're, then it goes into a scene where she's at her apartment where she's looking at pictures she took of Danny working and pictures of him having dinner with Colleen at the restaurant in the first episode. So she's stalking Danny. She's crazy, man. She's crazy. Danny needs to watch out for this girl. And oh, she had another note that said to stay away from Danny Rand. Now... I'm not sure it's her that's writing these notes to herself or there's there's another character in play that we don't know about that's writing these notes to her and she's not following any of these directions at all. But um, it just, there's something up with this girl and it ain't good at all. But um, episode two, I have to give it an 8.5. And I'm giving it an 8.5 because Joy's frenemy during the auction has a thing for Davos. Okay. And she keeps mispronouncing his name. Instead of Davos, it's Davis. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like someone calling Thanos, Thanos. Ugh. Like, Stop it! It's not that. It's Davos. Alright? Doggone it. It's Davos. So, yeah. Every time she called him Davis, it was just like nails on a chalkboard. So, that's my reason I'm giving this episode a 8.5 out of 10. Round 3. Okay, so, in episode 3, This Deadly Secret, uh, it takes place um, during Danny's Rand's nightly escapade. Um, a couple of days have has passed since he talked to Yang about making a parlay with the um, Hatchet Triad, and what little did he 
does Danny know and Colleen know that something happened with Yang and it's not looking good about this parlay because right now they're dragging their, so far they're dragging their feet about doing this so uh, you notice that during those couple of days he's been overworking himself um, and Colleen notices that too and she try to tell him that you know he might may want to look and just taking a few days off just to to recalibrate to just recharge for a moment and and just not overdo it not overreach Danny kind of shrugs it off says he's fine he'll be alright but deep down he knows that Colleen might be right hey, a woman's intuition right Hey, so later on during the episode, Danny meets up with, well, Ward meets up with Danny at his apartment to talk about um, Joy and meeting up with her because um, apparently he, she found out about his AA meetings, which he was going, he was going to tell her, but at his own time and his own terms. But apparently, somebody has been keeping tabs on him, and they reported it already to Joy. And he didn't like that too much. But he also mentioned about the night he met her at the auction. And he mentioned about Davos being there with her. Of course, this throws a yellow flag with Danny. And he's like, what kind of business does he have with her? So now their secret uh, collaboration is no longer so much of a secret. And now they're wondering, what are they really up to now? So Ward comes up with this idea to get Joy and Davos in the same room together to discuss what's really going on. So he decides to have a dinner party. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't what, what I mean? Your estranged sister and your no longer best friend all in the same room together. Yeah, that should go well, right? Well, <laughs> let me get to that. So, on the other side of the story, you have uh, Colleen, and she's still on the hunt for Frank Choi. She breaks into his furniture business and finds a record book with some cash along with it that was like hidden under his uh, favorite chair. And she can't really read it because it's written in Chinese. So... So she's hoping, I guess, to find someone who can read it and actually give her the full details of what it's all about. She mentioned there may be a few numbers in there, so that may be like a, um, like a checkbook or something, I guess, to keep track of his money. The episode goes back to Danny, and he's coming back from grocery shopping to get grabbing a few things for tonight's dinner, and. Moments later, after he already got in, someone slips a envelope under his door. Odd. Who could it be? And he opens the door to see who it was, and he noticed a panicky Mary running out the door. He then goes after her, chase her down to figure out what was going on, and why'd she leave a envelope for him? Well, she's really kiddish, doesn't really want to talk about it, she just says that she started to bother him and all of it's not making sense to Danny like he's trying to figure out you come to his door with an envelope and now she's telling him not to open it 
and he's trying to figure out what's going on. She tells him that someone's watching him. Someone that goes by the name Walker. Okay, weird. How does she come up? How does she find these pictures? Who gave her to her? Weird, right? So, well, I'm going to get back to that. So, later that night, Danny and Colleen are getting ready for tonight's dinner. And Danny forgot to mention to Colleen um, that there is one key component in this little get-together was that they were not to mention if Joy shows up before Ward, not to mention to Joy that Ward is coming. How did they think this was going to work that way? I don't know, but yeah. It, 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 yeah. So, moments after saying this to Colleen, Joy shows up with Davos and they show up all smiles. Well, most so Joy was showing up all smiles. I mean, she's she's playing it hard. Like, she deserves an Oscar for this, honestly, to not actually show her true feelings about Danny. Um, Davos, yeah, he still has that one-tone face he always has <laughs> on this whole entire show. But uh, he's trying his best. Yeah, he's trying his best. Um, but it's still like this awkward silence between him and Danny. So Joy and Joy and Colleen are kind of trying to, I guess, play along and try to break the ice, if you will. Um, a lot of small talk, and Danny decides to ask, you know, how did you meet? You know, just get it out there, cause it's it's beyond not asking. You know what I mean? Like you have to ask. How does these two, people, two most important people in Danny's lives, who right now don't really like him all too much, come together to be friends or business partners, if you will. Um, and they tell a story of how they met and made it seem as though they're a, a thing. It still doesn't really set right. So... They kind of split off, pair off with each other. Davos, Davos and Danny go out to check on a grill. And Colleen and Joy are talking amongst themselves in the kitchen. And it's just it's, it's just an awkward moment. But eventually they all get to sit down and talk um, while they wait for Ward, not knowing, un, not knowing to uh, Joy and Davos that Ward is supposed to be coming. Danny and and Colleen are waiting for Ward, and he's actually right outside, sitting in his car, waiting. You know, just I guess trying to find the courage to get out the car and walk up to the, the department door, but he doesn't. He just tells his driver just to drive off. So back to the dinner. It's getting awkward. The this game of not trying to hide of what their true intentions are is just not working. Small talks become little jabs and then insults, <laughs> and then it. Colleen says, "That's it. Let's just 
throw it out here because we really just did this to really see what's really going on between you two. Um, what is it that you are really up to? And Colleen just pretty much just calls both of them out, everybody out. She knows that Davos is mad about not being Iron Fist and Danny knows that he's the right one to be Iron Fist. So she just tells him to go ahead and gnash it out. Davos is saying it's not the right time or the place. Then when is, she says, when is it a good time to hash this out? I mean, you can't always have a showdown at some dungeon, or as she said, con freaking one, <laughs> and and just hash it out that way. And he just kind of storms off and like a little child. Danny was about to go out, you know, go after him, but she tells him, no, he'll come back. And they move on to, <laughs> they move on to uh, Joy, and and Joy pretty much explains her reasoning her reason of not really liking Danny and it's so much of since he came back everything wasn't right and she wasn't happy because of the fact that she that he lied along with Ward about his her dad being alive if you remember uh, Harold uh, Merchant he was he was in hiding and he faked his death he was actually alive. Well, he didn't really fake his death. He died, but he came back. But he kept his death as that, and he just lived in secrecy. Um, but she was really upset with that. And while they're they're talking amongst themselves about that, Davos kind of prowls around Danny and Colony's room, and he finds um, pictures that Mary gave to. Danny. Um, that's what was in the, that envelope, by the way, was the um, were pictures of him and Colleen, and he's like, "Oh crap!" And he storms back into the kitchen and tells Joy, "We gotta go." And they're like, "Okay, all right." And as they're getting there, getting ready to leave, Danny tells them not to leave, and and just tells them the truth that the reason why they brought him here. Is because Ward wanted to meet, meet them or talk to them, and she felt kind of derailed about it. That Ward was supposed to be here and he's not, and she's all in her all in her emotions basically. And they just walk off, and they leave. And Davos later on explains what was really going on. He found the pictures of the um, of. Danny and Colleen that their hired PI took um, their PI name Walker okay and they said we got it and he's like we got to go talk to him now so they rushed their way over to Walker so the next scene it goes to where Mary's sitting in a room or sitting in the living room or kitchen listening to white noise I guess to help soothe her I don't know and all of a sudden, Joy and Davos walk into her apartment. Turns out, Mary is actually, dun dun dun, the Walker, or Walker, rather. <laughs> um, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. 
why did Danny have the pictures? And she's like, well, well, that's is a problem. I guess I can. It's, it's still salvageable. I can. I'll handle it. And she asks him to leave. But Davos wants to know why does Danny have those pictures? And she told him she'll handle it. And Davos makes a threat to her and approaches her like as, he, as if he, he was going to do something. And within a split second, she has machetes in her hand to Davos' throat. What? What? I told you, this girl is crazy. Mary or Walker is crazy, man. Like, you don't mess with someone like that, man. And, and it ends with... Davos saying he's not leaving until he finds out why Danny has those pictures. And she says, whatever blows up your skirt. <laughs> this girl is insane and I can't wait to figure out more about this character. Uh, I knew something was up with her because, I mean, you could, clearly it has something planned for her. I don't know what because they've been, she kept popping up in every episode. And here it is now. She's she's in the mix of this this whole story. Apparently, she is a hired gun, rather, by uh, Joy and Davos, to watch or keep tabs on Danny and Colleen. Um, episode three, I have to give it a nine. The show is so good right now. Three episodes in right now, and it is still really good. Oh my goodness, this story plot is just—it's got me invested from from the jump, and I'm still invested in it right now. This, yeah, episode three, definitely a nine, nine out of ten. Round four. All right, target Iron Fist. Episode number four. Well, what can I say about this episode? Holy crap. <laughs> this episode, this season has yet to really slow down. It's been fast paced from first to now to episode four. And this episode, it starts off with Danny, an unconscious Danny on the ground at a, at a subway station. And what it looks like to be Mary dragging him off to somewhere. And, and that's how it starts off. But it's really, it kind of plays as a, um, starts at, at the end. The beginning is really the end. But then it goes on like backtracking of what actually happened during the day. Well, it starts off really, but it really starts off with Danny kind of guilt tripping himself in the previous episode um, where the negotiation between the tigers and the hatchet triads kind of fell through. So uh, he's guilt tripping himself over that and trying to figure out how to make amends of that and try to make things right and try to get the negotiations back in order. So uh, Danny and Colleen try to make a trip up to see Mrs. Yang and see about what they can do to get this negotiation negotiation back on track. Um, meanwhile, Joy and Davos aren't getting anywhere with their, their interrogation with 
um, Walker, who is actually Mary. And it turns out Mary is just one of those um, multiple personalities. Um, Joy sends her off to to take out Iron Fist. And she wants to make sure that she's in the right mind. Her right. Walker's in her right mind. And she says, yeah, I can do it. And that's where it leaves off from there. Meanwhile, they're talking with Mrs. Yang and trying to figure out what they can do to get this uh, this negotiation back on back in order. And then she tells them that it would be a lot easier if my husband was here. And she brings it up as though like he is here, but he just can't do it. And if it comes to find out, he's not dead. He's actually alive. At first, I was thinking when they said he was away in, in China, I thought they were just trying to cover up his death. They were really just covering up his health condition. He didn't die when Davos did that pressure points. He just caused a stroke, and he couldn't talk, really, or really move. So just incapacitated him, basically. So he'll be out of the, out of the equation. Because apparently... Mr. Yang has his shipment at one of the docks and he was just withholding it from him while he was trying to get this negotiation thing in order. When Danny meets up with uh, Mr. Yang on at his bedside, he tells him to look for Hancock 212. Not sure what that meant, but with the help of Misty, Knight... Because y'all know who Misty Knight is. She pops up, tells them that we need to talk, and comes to find out during the previous episode, Misty Knight's old partner um, was undercover with the Golden Tigers. And he was with them that night during the negotiations. And apparently, Iron Fist, during the collateral damage, injured... Mr. Knight's old partner, and he's in the hospital. And that really kind of derailed everything because really they were trying to get both leaders of both triads. Incidentally, Danny Ran or Iron Fist kind of messed that up for them. So, making matters even worse, <laughs> he uh, screwed himself double, double times over, in, in a sense. Uh, but come to find out, Hancock 212, it is a container at one of the docks that's under, that was under Yang, but now is under the Hatchet Triad. And Daniel was about to go out and do it, and but Missy kind of stopped that because she didn't want him to make anything worse than what it already is. And understandably so. But you think Danny really listens no he kind of sneaks out and does his own thing but he's too late Davos shows up to find Hancock 212 container and what's in this container you might probably wonder it's the corpse of a fallen Iron Fist and what does he want with this Iron Fist well he wants the tattoo he wants the marking of the Iron Fist on his chest so he cuts that off the fallen warrior 
For what? Well, remember in previous episodes where he wanted that bowl? For what? Right? Now, it turns out that bowl, the shipment that was apparently the dead Iron Fist, he needed that tattoo to make himself become a Iron Fist himself or the Steel Serpent. And he just needed one more component. And that's where Walker comes in. Walker was there to hunt down and retrieve Iron Fist, Danny, to Davos. So therefore he can complete this ritual to become the Steel Serpent. This episode is just insane. And now Davos is now become the uh, the uh, Steel Serpent now. He's taken um, Danny's power part of his power we're not sure if it was taken from him or he kind of you know kind of took some for himself and Danny still has a little bit left not quite sure yet but I gotta watch episode 5 for that but uh this show has not slowed down yet it's still a 9 this, this season 2 is still a 9 man it's still a 9 round 5 alright Heart of the Dragon, episode five. Um, this one, I really did like this one. It's uh, starts off with uh, Davos with his new found powers because he just stole the power of Iron Fist from Danny, and now he has the power to be Iron Fist. Oh well, still Serpent, but he calls himself the Immortal Iron Fist. He's kind of imposturing um, Danny's alter ego, but um. The reason I like this episode is because it also gives you more of a background story about Davos, why he is so obsessed of wanting to be Iron Fist. And it all starts with his mother in, in Come Along. She pretty much beat it into him that he's predestined to be the next Iron Fist. And... When he lost to Danny to fight Shaolau for, you know, to become Iron Fist, it brought great shame to her. Um, and that pretty much, like, broke him. Because she really, 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 like, lashed out on him about that. And it just broke him. And it just it set this idea in his head that he has to be... Iron Fist. Otherwise, he is nothing. That, that's all his life was about. It was to become Iron Fist. And then when Danny ended up becoming Iron Fist, an outsider, as his mother said, it just, it distraughted him. It it made him who he is now. So, I, I actually like, I really like this episode. Also, during the show, when he becomes um, Steel Serpent, he sets his sight on all the triads in Chinatown. Golden Tigers, Hatchets, all of them. And he's going to take them all out um, to clean up the streets in a very extremist way. And Truth gets out about what um, Davos and Joy were up to and finding out that 
Joy has something to do with Do or with Danny being hurt, getting hurt, and having his powers taken away from him, it that definitely made things a little more awkward and making her seem very um buttholeish <laughs> to other people, being a real douchebag. <laughs> um also Misty was trying to uh recruit Colleen into becoming a cop, maybe. Because she also noticed that Colleen is in a bit of a crossroad. Because throughout the show, she has been trying to live a normal life, but life keeps dragging her back in to be a vigilante. And it's something she doesn't want, doesn't feel like she, that's what she wants to do. Because that, all the things that happened during Defenders and season one of Iron Fist, um, she just felt like it was best for her to you know put that behind her but the thing is she doesn't know what she wants to be outside of that and Missy's trying to make her or try to show her that you know you you can take what you've learned from that and put it into good use as being a cop and it seems like it may work may may not work but we'll see we'll see i'm starting to like mary or Walker, rather. Um, her character, still crazy. Oh, yeah, still crazy. But she's, it. you're hooked on this. You really want to know what her story is all about. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very hooked on seeing what, what's, what's to become of her later on down the road. I have to give episode 5 a... Gotta give it 8.5. This is probably one of the slowest episodes so far in this season. So, um, but it was good. It was still telling the story while still giving you a little bit of action at the same time. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I like it. I, I like this episode, but definitely it's an 8.5 for sure. All right, geeks. That's it for this part. I'm uh, breaking this episode in two parts, and this is the first half of the Iron Fist Season 2 review, and I hope that you liked this. Um, please comment about this episode. Let me know what you guys thought about the show. Um, I'd like to know what you guys thought of it. Would you liked it? Do you think it was better than Season 1? Or do you think it was worse than Season 1? I want to hear it. So, yeah, definitely, definitely do that. Um, so, thanks for listening, and tomorrow... Part two comes out, so get ready for that. All right, guys, see you tomorrow. Peace. Well done. <laughs>